And welcome to another episode of the Freethinkers Podcast, a show that believes in free speech, original thought, and desire for truth. We are back from our long-awaited hiatus, and I'm here with Dale Murphy. Dale, how was your day today? What's going on, Rusty? It was pretty good. How about yours? Man, can't complain. Can't complain. All this rain down in Florida. I know you got soaked coming That's home. Crazy. So, Yeah, I mean, I, I sat and waited and waited for it to like just let up just a little bit, and man, it just wouldn't stop. Crazy. Well, we had several weeks without rain. We needed it, so absolutely, it's a good, it's a good deal, good deal. So we are going to do things a little bit different on this moving forward. I guess we'll say we had a kind of conversation of the direction a couple of weeks ago after we went to the golf course and lost a bunch of golf balls <laughs> attempting to play golf. I think what we're going to do is just we're not going to tell each other what our stories are. We're just going to jump into this and I'm going to have a story and talk about it and we'll talk about it. And then you bring something up and that kind of thing, because I just think it's good instead of like a monologue or a, or a themed show. Maybe we would if something big happened, yeah. but um, anyway, I think that'd be a good thing to do um, for this. And again, we're going to probably do a lot more audio, maybe kind of light video, the deal in the studio with the office and everything like that. It's just, that's just a lot to deal with. It's a lot to set up. It's a lot to edit, traveling a lot, all that other jazz. Yeah. So anyway, we definitely will come with an audio podcast. And once we get things set up at our homes, I've got, I've have to reset up what I had, but anyway, you getting you something set up and then we can make it happen. We can be more consistent. Consistency is the key. I know that I've said that. So I think we can do it. And if I'm on the road, just bring the mic, we'll plug in and go. Absolutely. So, Anyway, I'll start with something that I have been just immersed in the last uh, couple of days is that submarine thing. Have you followed yeah, this submarine? That was thing? on my list. That was on my list. Oh, man. Well, good, because we're going to talk about this because I have WFLA. I'm not sure if you've watched this, but they had an incredible live feed. Um, it was just kind of a live uh, podcast I don't, stream, I guess they had. And they had a, a guy, Mark Martin, who's retired, I guess, 40-year naval captain, and, and he was on there today. I know la yesterday I discovered it, and I watched it, and then they cut the stream. The guy had to go to bed, and then they started at 5.15 this morning, and I started. I was I was there at 5.15. Really? Was, well, they were about to run out of air this morning yeah. as far as what we were kind of – what they calculated. Yeah. But obviously now they discovered that thankfully – and I, was, I say this – in, in genuineness, thankfully it was a catastrophic implosion that just took their lives very, very instantly because for them to die a slow, miserable death sitting on the floor, yeah. waiting for somebody to pick them up. I don't think any of us would wish that. I think we all wish that we could just do a quick, quick death that they probably never even knew about it. Right. But uh, I've learned more about uh, submarines and salvage and remote operated vehicles and all that other stuff than I've ever learned in my life. So, so things like these are tragic. I think it'll, it'll, it'll help the whole industry a little bit more. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, it's a sad event, you know, and it's like, you've got the billionaire and his son, and then you've got the guy that, you know, even just started that whole um, corporation company and came up with this idea. So, I mean, you know, a couple super brilliant dudes that were on um, that boat. That's just, just sad to lose them that way. And, um, and yeah, like you said, I, I didn't, I didn't hear about, I wasn't able to check the news until I was on the way home today. And then you know, I, I went to check that cause I wanted to see what had happened and, and then saw that. And, uh, and yeah, like you said, um, you know, it, in total genuineness, just, 
you know, happy that, that hopefully it was something that was just instantaneous that, you know, because, you know, they were just talking about how, how all that would take place as far as, you know, not being able to breathe and, you know, hallucinating and all that type of stuff. And, you know, you definitely would want to be the first one to go in that scenario and not watch everybody else and know that that's your fate coming up. So, so again, hopefully it was something that was instantaneous, um, you know, that they just, they just never knew happened, but, you know, and I haven't, so I, I mean, of course I've followed it. I haven't probably maybe heard all the stuff. Maybe you have one question I had is, and again, I don't know a whole lot about it, but how did they not have something to pull this thing back up? Like what, you know what I'm saying? Like, it seems like there was just no backup plan. Yeah. Well, it, it wasn't tethered. And the reason that it wasn't tethered is because when they, at least from the, from the experts that I've watched say that that's just one more thing that could get caught up entangled in either the shipwreck. Um, and I know that there's fishing nets out there and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. And so they basically, what could have happened or what they could have done was to have the free dive with the, with a vehicle and then followed it with like an ROV remote operating vehicle that is tethered. So they can kind of keep it, keep an eye on it or something of that sort. Okay. But yeah, a lot of people were, were, were talking about that and mentioning that. And again, um, I think I, I watched an interview with Bob Ballard, um, who was part of the expedition that discovered, you know, the Titanic and went down there. I think he's made 10 trips. James Cameron, who's the, you know, the famous filmmaker that made the movie Titanic, yeah. but he actually yeah. created the deep sea challenge, which was a submersible. And he went down 36,000 feet in it himself, which is three times the depth of the, um, it's, it's an, an incredible uh, IMAX film you can watch on YouTube. It's free with ads, but I, I actually watched that a couple years ago and it was a fascinating documentary, but um, that's kind of what, what those guys, you know, Bob Ballard and, and uh, you know, James Cameron there, you know, they were, they were talking about the, uh, this is the first time this has ever happened in some submariner history, or at least this exploratory thing. And really, this was the first of its kind as far as the sub with a carbon fiber hull. Um, carbon fiber, I've never really trusted. Like I know we we get on these new airplanes and they say the fuselage is carbon fiber, and that stuff doesn't bend. I mean, if when it gives, it it shatters. Yeah. And um, they had like the imagine like a toilet paper tube that is empty. That's kind of the shape of what the carbon fiber was. And then they had like a titanium uh, half dome that was glued with epoxy to the front of that. So to me, I mean, that's what um, James Cameron was saying. Like the best thing you can do is have a contiguous piece of material that this thing is made out of. So you don't have any connecting joints and everything. Cause really a joint is where you're going to have your weakest moment. And the, 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 the vessel that he went down in, was a was kind of a sphere like a, an, an intact sphere yeah. and so um it so again i mean there was a, there was another fellow i watched and he actually was part of the last uh, expedition on the titan the, the the submarine that imploded um and he was pretty emotional about it but he said you know these men um aren't to be criticized they're to be honored for their heroism and their just desire to explore and even the guy that invented and created the sub uh stockton rush you know isn't to be blamed for this i mean he's 
he's an explorer right. and he wanted to create a technology with new materials that potentially could do it for a lot cheaper and could bring people down to that area. And so, you know, one of the things he said too, is he said from, from Kitty Hawk to, you know, now, or at least just for when flight was normal, how many people died, how many thousands of people died yeah. to get us to this point today was the first time, or I guess Sunday is when it happened, but that was kind of the first one, first of these kind. And, you know, underseas isn't really explored and it's a fascinating thing. You could not get me in a, in a chamber like that no way. on the, on the deck of a ship. You couldn't get me in a chamber like that on land. Right. I have a serious fear of confined spaces. As a matter of fact, we were doing a shoot, a safety shoot for a confined space rescue. And I did not go down in that, that capsule to do it. I gave my camera to somebody else. And I said, as for me and my house, we are going to serve on top of this. We are not going in there. So I don't know. I don't know how they did it, but oh, I can't imagine. Can't imagine. What was the toilet situation in this thing? Did you hear they about had that? A little, uh, yeah, they had like a little little box with um, kind of more of a, basically what you would take out in the woods if you were deer hunting. Okay. It, it, it was almost like that. So, you know, I mean, they're guys. So guys, it's probably a lot different than, I mean, when we, when we would travel in the car, you know, you'd pee in the bottle as a kid yeah, and yeah, yeah. hope your parents didn't hit a bump and go everywhere. Right. But, uh. Yeah, you, you pee in the bottle and you screw the the top back on. That's essentially what they had. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah, so yeah, just sad. And then, did you hear anything? Because I mean, I heard, you know they, they were reporting the whole you know something banging, you know. But then I had heard reports that maybe that was other debris that was down, you know, in the ocean that could even be you know parts of Titanic or whatever. Um, did did they say anything else in regards to that today? There was just a. Uh notification from daily wire that came across that basically said the top secret U S Navy system detected Titan sub implosion days ago. So they evidently the Navy has all these underwater listening devices. They were able to hear that. Uh, one of the earliest things I've heard was that there was a seismic uh, event or an auditory event, one of those two and um, initially. And so I think the, the coast guard of the Navy thought something of that, but then they were saying today, the reason that they let the French vessel and some of these other vessels come and explore is because they did hear the banging, the banging they haven't identified as far as what that is, where it's from, but most likely it's either debris from uh, the Titanic or there's a lot of ships out there and it could have been just noise from one of these other ships. Um, If there's anything in the hull, that's going to echo and radiate through the water. So it's really interesting because there was obviously hope for a rescue, but yeah, for sure. The guy, um, as a matter of fact, I think his name is J H. Uh, he's the, he was part of the crew that was, that passed away, but he, um, he was a French explorer and he's made more trips to the Titanic than anybody. There was actually an interview that he did talking about if they got trapped at the bottom. So he kind of like said, what would happen if that's the case? the the thing that would happen is hypothermia. I mean, you would definitely have hypothermia and you would die from that before you ran out of oxygen. Mm-hmm. So these counters with 96 hours of oxygen, because it's, I think the water's 33 degrees down there. There's really no heat. It was designed for an eight hour trip down there for 96 hours. You're basically said be, imagine being locked in a freezer for four days. Yeah. You're, I mean, without the proper 
you know, suits, you're just not going to make it. So anyway, that kind of gripped, um, that gripped everybody for a while. And I just, I know that I had my TV up there on live stream and that's, you know, the interesting thing is, is that we're, we're in such a different way that we get information. I mean, Twitter was, you know, you're able to get information pretty quickly on that. I know that the, the, the U S coast guard was giving some of their biggest press announcements or whatever through that platform. I know today I got a haircut when I was leaving the, the barbershop It's about just before noon. That's when they said they found a debris field. And I, I knew at that point it was over. Yeah. The way that we can go on there through YouTube and through these other streaming platforms and just have somebody without like a major news network. I mean, they literally could have through like Starlink or something had a live stream from one of those boats out there if they wanted to and have like give live coverage. So we're in a whole different ball game um, from legacy news media to the new, you know, on demand here now from anywhere type type thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And what was the name of that documentary that you said for James Cameron that's on YouTube? Deep Sea Challenge okay. 3D. Okay. Definitely w- worth the yeah, watch. watch. I mean, that. that was he was he was talking about even creating that. They they spent three years in a computer um, as far as simulation to to make sure it can handle that pressure. But going down thirty six thousand feet. Incredible. Just incredible. Yeah. Unreal. So um, one of the topics I wanted to talk about was um, I had a buddy that was dealing um, with another company and he was telling me that they're like this, they're a credit lender type company. And there, I did a little research today and their number was, was a little high, but not, and I don't know. Cause so so the, here's the fact that what they're saying is, is that right now, 86% of Americans couldn't pay for a thousand dollar emergency. 86. Wow. Now I looked like from what I saw, whenever I looked up, like I just Googled it and like online, like it was somewhere in the 55 to 65 is what I was seeing. Now this was a year ago too, though. So things have kind of mm-hmm. gotten a little worse and there's a lot more people um, you know, I think they said right now, like the, the credit card debt in America is as high as the highest it's ever been, you know, because people are just living on credit cards. Um, and so, you know, it's something like, so is the government. Yeah. <laughs> so true. <laughs> so true. That's something I'll, you hear Dave Ramsey talk about where it's like, you know, if the government would actually just follow like some of the baby steps, like what he, what he teaches you know, we'd be so much better off. We're only, only spend what you have, you know, what you make, mm-hmm. um, or spend less than what you make. So, um, you know, one of the things I wanted to bring up was just like, you know, in America, man, it just seems the other day I'm driving with my son down the road and there is a, um, an SUV. I've never seen it before. An, a Rolls Royce SUV. So I have him, I say, hey, pull pull up, Google this, see how much this thing is. Rusty, I'm telling you, it it said somewhere between, depending on the options, between 325 and 450 for this vehicle that's driving around in the middle of Florida. Was it like mid-size or full size? It was like it 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 kind of looked like more of a mid I mean it well no I should know it was a full size. Yeah, it was a full size. It wasn't a, like a smaller. So yeah, it, it was a full size. Like the size of an expedition. Right. Something. Yeah, it was about the size of an expedition. So but you know, I just bring all that up because you know, I deal with a lot of people looking at their credit, you know, in um you know, some of the jobs I've had 
And just seeing the amount of people now that are spending $800, $900, $1,000 a month on their car payment. And, and then as well, these people that have these student loans, that they've got $100,000, $150,000 in student loans. And some of these people are making fifty dollars and $60,000 a year. How are they ever going to pay these debts off? How do they even get the credit? Well, that's, well, that's part of the problem is, is that, is, is that whenever you're like in college, like they, they just give that money, like it's candy, you know? And so they allow you to go out and whether, you know, somebody's doing double masters and, you know, getting a bachelor's in this or whatever, and, you know, just piling up the debt. And, um, you know, I think the crux of all this is that we like, we're, we're such a society that is so worried about what everyone else thinks of us all the time. And we buy this stuff that we really don't need to impress these people who really don't care. Like, you know, yeah. it's, it's just like whenever, like, you know, my son is like, oh, dad, that's so awesome. And I said, okay, buddy, it is pretty cool. But guess what? In the next minute and a half, you and I probably will never talk about it again. You know, and we have no idea who those people are. So, you know, it's just it's things like that to where we're we're such a um, you know we're we're such a, a consuming society, um, you know. And again, we're buying this stuff whether it's the houses or the cars or you know the memberships at the country clubs or whatever it may be to impress all these people. And you know, I think one of the stats is doctors and lawyers declare bankrupt more than any other professions in the United States. Because again, they've got to keep up with all their peers yeah. to show them, you know, uh, how, how great they are, you know? And so one thing like I'm trying to teach my son and that, you know, I just kind of wanted to convey to, to our listeners is just like, you know, is, is kind of trying to live within your means. And like, and one of the biggest things that one of the biggest things I did, you know, 15, 20 years ago was actually creating a budget. And seeing where and marking down where your money spent every month, because it's amazing how much money you spend on food. And until you actually write down every day what's going on, and then you're going to realize, and instead of getting to the end of the month and going, my God, where did all my money go? You're going to be able to look back and then hopefully adjust what your habits are to then try to live with your in your means and hopefully save some money for those rainy days or for those emergencies. Um, so I, I just, you know, it, it's just something that's, I'm, that's something I've, you know, I've always been intrigued by, um, you know, is just, uh, you know, is just the, the spending habits and budgeting and different things like that. And, you know, it's just something I see in America that, man, we're just going down a path of, of what happens when these people can't pay all this debt that they've got. No, that's, that's, that's exactly right. And the, and, and the thing is, is it's, I think it's more incentivized now than it's ever been to do that. There was an article I read several weeks ago, and it basically said, if you have a high credit score, you're actually going to pay a higher interest rate for a house. And they're rewarding people that have really sucky credit scores and they're giving them the better deal, like for a mortgage. You saw that, right? Yeah. I got, yeah. I got the notification on that. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So the thing is, is it's like, to me, I try to buy cash or pay cash for almost yeah. everything. I mean, there's, you know, a house and a, and a vehicle. I don't, but everything else I try to either save up for or do like I've got 
an immense amount of camera equipment, all of the stuff. I've never, ever, ever taken a loan, ever taken a business loan in my life, ever. All that stuff I bought cash because I've, I've saved up for it and all that other kind of stuff. But yeah, it's, 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 it's crazy because I just basic budgeting, like you said, and economics and, and saving and that kind of thing is not taught in school. And the one, and the, and the people that do it, even minuscule amounts, you know, compounding interest when you do it over time makes a huge, huge difference. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, is when you, when you collate exactly what you said with 86%, 80, I, I can't remember the yeah, exact 86. number, but can't, yeah. 86% can't pay a thousand dollars for an emergency right now. That's, but then look at how much this nation, the percentage is just completely wigged out, stressed, taking right. anti-anxiety and all this other stuff. Debt causes stress. Yeah. Debt causes. Absolutely. And, 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 and stress causes use of, you know, types of medications and everyone's kind of crazy. So I think it all compounds with that because I can tell you to be financial, like free of credit card debt. I paid it all off. I paid it all off. Yeah. And I use debit cards now. I use a credit card when I travel because I've I've got burned by someone stealing my debit card number yeah. in San Francisco years and years ago and spent I think twenty six hundred dollars at the Goodwill. Like I don't understand. Like I mean, did they buy the store? That's a lot <laughs> like, of Goodwill. Stuff I don't understand. Yeah, someone spent twenty six hundred dollars at the Goodwill. I, I looked at my bank account. And I'm like, yeah, that didn't happen. So. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, that, yeah, but but when I travel, I'll use a credit card and I pay it off. I pay it off at the end of every month. And I'm really nervous about using a credit card because I know how easy it is yeah. to just dive in and say, oh, I'll do that later. I'll do that later. But when you look at it, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely crazy. And there was a time where I was paying, again, not looking at numbers, just doing it. The interest on some of the credit card debt that I have that someone else helped me rack up. But anyway... Um, was $800 a month. Just the interest. On interest, just an interest. So I'm like, screw this, yeah. went and paid it all off. So I'm I, I'm like net $10,000 a year. Right. Just because I don't have all that that debt on, on that. So the freedom and just the, you know, the, the, the weight off your shoulders. And, and again, I think as we get older, I know for me, I get almost more excited about getting rid of stuff yeah. than I do about getting stuff. Sure. Cause I knew when you're young, you want to accumulate all kinds of yep. stuff. Then the, the, that acclimation turns into a storage unit. Yep. And then that storage unit turns into one to $200 a month. Right. Now you're talking about $2,400 a year to pay to store all the crap you don't need. You don't want, you'll never see right. it. Again. Yeah. You haven't seen it in years. So, yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it's just, uh, you know, one of the biggest things when people go in to buy a vehicle, you know, the way that those salespeople get you is, you know, they say, what do you want your monthly payment to be? You know, yeah. then your interest rate, man, they can jack around your interest rate. They can jack up what they're going to pay you for, you know, whether you're trading in a vehicle or how much now you're going to pay for the vehicle you're buying. Cause I mean, they can, they can work those numbers and some of these car loans now they're going out to 72, 84, 96 months, you know, so they can make your payment much smaller. And speaking of mortgages too, I heard they're fixing to, to try to help people afford, they're going to um, extend out from 30 to 40 years on a mortgage. So think about that. Hmm. 40 years on a mortgage. 
you know, so I mean, you're, yeah, we, you're just we pay that to, off when we're 95. Yeah. You're just going to be paying, you know, just more and more, you know, your payment's going to be less now, but you're just now paying it out for another 10 years. So again, I just wanted to bring that up because it's just, that's just a crazy stat whenever, even if it's down at 60 to 65%, when you, when you think about that, that there's only 35% of the people out there that could actually afford a thousand dollar emergency. It's a little scary. I mean, because everybody's just right on the brink. They're just living on the edge of if the just the smallest thing were to happen with their car or their house or the apartment or whatever it may be, you know, it's they're, they're just right on that razor's edge. So that's what I had on that. Well, that kind of goes too with how many people are prepared with enough food if something goes bad. I mean, look what, you know, happened with COVID. I mean, we're kind of almost prepared for for that with hurricanes, but I know a lot of people, they prepare once they hear something. Yeah. I know a friend of mine back in, I don't know, early 2000s was was always like, I, I keep a 90 day food supply at all times in my house. And I thought, okay, you're kind of crazy. And then he showed me this like little straw that you can put in, in any kind of water and it, and it purifies it. So he had a big swimming pool out back and I mean, you just, you literally never know. I mean, they just confirmed the government's like, yeah, there's signs of aliens or whatever. You just, they're like, okay, yeah. And now to our next story. Right. Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> no big deal. So, I mean, honestly, we, we are very, very, very close to, as far as my neighbor works for an engineering company that does a lot of work with the power grid. And he said, you have no clue how just any moment we are from the whole grid going down. He goes, it is so fragile. And he said, listen, if you take two of these big grid stations down, he goes, everything goes down because they cascade off of each other. They're actually these big rotors that are, that they, they use to spin, I guess, through steam or these other things. They're only made in some area of Asia. They're not made in the United States. And I know with COVID, all, all those places got shut down. So they had a backlog of these things. And he said they were using them well past what they would ever use them before. And then they were having to send charter jets over there to pick them up and fly them back just so we didn't have any, have or experience any outage of power. So we are definitely just in time yeah. society yeah. to where we're so used to not really preparing, whether it's financially, whether it's preparing with food, whether it's, um, you know, doing anything with health. We're just kind of like a fly by the seat of our pants thing. And so, I mean, I've got, you know, I've got food buckets. I have one, one here and one in Georgia, 90 days each. I've got a lot of stuff in the garage. I've got two chest freezers full of some of the deer that, (laughs) that I've shot and some other food. If stuff hits the fan, I'll be all right for a little while. You know, with with electricity, there's a way that I can power things for a little while with with my truck. Um, I've got a couple five gallon things of diesel in the garage. So, I mean, I'm not pre- I'm not prepared, you know, to survive right ninety to hundred days with power, but with food, I'll be all right. I've got a a water distiller, so I can just go scoop something out of the lake, and it's going to distill it perfectly. Yeah. There's a couple things you have, but again, I think it's good that you bring that up. I mean, as far as, you know, with the financial thing, cause that's, um, that's kind of distressing, but it's, it's the, the most distressing part about it. It seems like everyone's living higher on the hog than they've ever done in their life. Yeah. I mean, that's the crazy part. If 86% can't spend a thousand dollars, they sure can spend a hundred real quick. Right. 
Yeah, it's I don't know if you remember this commercial, and this was probably man back maybe ten years or so ago, and it was a uh, lending tree, and there was a guy that was yeah. out on a lawnmower. And like he's smiling real big and he's got like this big fancy yard and this house and these cars in the driveway, you know, and his wife standing up there, got nice clothes on. And he was like, you asked me how I do it. He goes, I'm up to my eyeballs in debt. You know, and he's smiling. <laughs> he's just driving the driving the lawnmower around. And that's just so true is that everybody is just they've got all this stuff. And it's just because they're just putting everything on the credit card or they're, you know, what's happened a lot right now is that all these people, they've got all this equity in their houses and they're taking out these lines of credit on their houses and using up any of the equity they've got in their house, you know? So it's just all these people are just living on debt right now. And, you know, it's kind of just a scary situation. Like I said, I mean, just what, what happens whenever they're not able to pay back what they owe? Well, and I'm, I always say I like to be, um, it's, it's easier to be a critic than a creator in the way that, you know, if, if anyone listening to this has credit card debt, the thing that I did to, to kind of quickly eliminate it is I looked at all the cards and saw what the highest interest rate was. I took the highest interest interest rate and started just going crazy, paying that sucker yep. down. And then I went to the next one and, you know, any extra funds or anything like that. And the fact is, is if you have money sitting in kind of a savings account or something of like that, get it out and pay these things right. off because you're getting minuscule return on that while you're paying probably 29% on the other. Yeah. You're going to save a lot or you're actually going to make a lot more money by taking something out of savings and putting it uh, into paying that off. And so to me, that's what I would do. And then, um, and then before you get into another <laughs> loan, you know, know what you're doing. You could probably talk more about this, but I know there was a lot of these people that a couple months ago, they were like, my, my uh, mortgage just went through the roof. Like it, it started going up. Like it's, it's significantly higher. And I had a couple of people call them like, is this happening to you? I'm like, no, I, I mean, I, I probably paid an extra something to lock the rate in because I didn't want like a balloon right. or an adjustable rate mortgage right. or any of these other things. Because once that, once they call that or raise the rate, you're screwed. You either lose your house or you pay it. And some of these people, it was like six to $700 extra per month on that was added to their mortgage. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so a lot of those people, they've either got an adjustable mortgage that's going to be based on what the Fed's been doing with, you know, raising the Fed funds rate. So and that's gone from next to nothing to where, you know, some people went because they've got like a prime plus a certain amount. And so they may be paying nine, 10, 11% now. Um, you know, compared to, you know, whether it was four or five to begin with, you know, and then the other thing that's happening is you've had a lot of people in the last couple of years that have purchased houses. And, you know, what I, what I've told people that I've counseled whenever they've purchased a house and especially like if somebody has lived in that house for a long time, the taxes are going to be really low because they've been suppressed all these years because you your taxes can only be raised just like I think it's 2%, it's 2 or 3% a year, you know, over time. But what happens as soon as you buy that house, that house is reassessed at that new purchase price. And so then your taxes all of a sudden go from, you know, $1,500, $1,800 a year to all of a sudden they're $5,000, you know, so that's an extra $300, $350 a month. So, I mean, I've seen that happen as well as, you know, the insurance industry is crazy. And they're trying to price people out and to get people to cancel coverage so they don't have that exposure. And so they've been jacking up rates too. And it's just hard to get 
coverage in Florida as far as homeowners insurance is concerned. So, you know, all that combined, you know, is just making it harder and harder, um, you know, and then now with the prices and the interest rates going up, you know, it's just harder for someone in middle America, you know, a, just a middle-class earner to be able to purchase a home here. So. Yeah. And I mean, everything's going up. Electricity. I think the, the electrical fees have gone up 20% in the last year, Yeah, at least here. That's what I was listening to yesterday. So it's kind of a disaster, man. This, this economy is a disaster. And, and again, that's why I was very, very, very against when Trump rolled that first two tr- trillion dollar stimulus package out because all that did was devalue and dilute the value of the of of our money yeah and once you start putting putting more of that stuff in it's like you're stealing from everybody that's worked hard for that money and then now it's been done what three more times so i think there's probably there's more money been printed since covid than in the history of the united states i want to say no i mean no wonder everything's through the i can't believe it's not doubled or tripled or anything of that sort. I mean, based on that. So I think they're trying to suppress it. And again, it's an old term they use back in Roman days of bread and circus. So as long as you've got entertainment and as long as you've got wine and bread and all this other stuff, the people are going to be entertained. They're going to be, you know, eat, sleep and be married while Caesar and everybody else was conniving all these other stuff going on in the background. And then these guys would come in and they do coin clipping so they'd go, they'd clip coins and then they bring it all in, melt it down with other other things, and that's what they would do. They're literally doing that now. It's just in a digital fashion yeah. that we don't see, but we're okay because we have bread and circus. Right. But but yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a you know as, as long as if people can get out of that and have true freedom. There's one story I'll tell real quick because I I know there's a TED talk on it. A young husband and wife they both gone to you know four year universities and racked up an incredible amount of you know student loan mm-hmm. debt. They got out, they bought their McMansion, more yeah. debt. They both got new cars, more debt. And then they used their credit cards that were you know easy to get, um, low interest rate for a little bit until you miss maybe one payment. And then it goes from like your low interest to 29%. Right. And so they were just buying all this stuff. They thought this is what the American dream is. Just go to work and buy all this stuff. They couldn't keep up with that. It was unsustainable. And again, they had to get a storage unit to store all their stuff. They just looked at each other, and I think they were expecting their first child at this point. And they said, "We can't. We can't sustain this. This is this isn't the lifestyle we want." They ended up selling everything they had, everything, just cleared it out to the point where they just had like a suitcase and a backpack, and they and they were able with their job. This is before COVID, and everybody worked remotely, but to work remotely. Yeah. And they said, this is what we want to do. When we bring our child in the world, we want to just travel and live and work work remotely all around the world. Yeah. And they did. And so they ended up doing a TED Talk, which I'll try to find that and paste the link yeah, on awesome. freethinkerspodcast.com. But it was really interesting. But the whole thing, what they were talking about is what true freedom really is. Mm-hmm. Because when you get out and you think you have the freedom to do all this other stuff, you're really putting shackles on yourself. Yeah. Because you are a slave to the lender. The Bible says Absolutely. that you're a slave to the lender. And so you come out and you you put this shackle on, this shackle on, this shackle on. But when you can sell all that and bust free of it, you're truly yeah. free. If they, if, if they do something, uh, government, this, that, and the other, you have the freedom to do what you can and to not be beholden to that. If someone calls your, your, your loan or your adjustable rate, they can come take your house. Right. You have the freedom to say, no, I like, you know, for the people that aren't taking backpacks and yeah. stuff like that, but if you own your house, yeah. 
for the most part, you own it. Don't pay property right. taxes and see what <laughs> you really own. Anyway, the, but at least the bank can't take yeah. it. You know, the government can through eminent domain or all that other nonsense. But I thought that was really, really interesting as far as just the opening your eyes to what true freedom is. Because I think, again, with social media, the Instagrams and all this other stuff that's trying to keep up with the Joneses, mm -hmm. you can get yourself in a lot of big, big, big time problems. And to tell you the truth, it's not the material things and the products that are the things that you remember and, and keep with you the, the, in your life. It's experiences. Absolutely. And if more people can have experiences like that and enjoy that with their family and take the time to do that, that's what you remember. I mean, you could probably remember trips to the beach with yep. your family, you know, when you were a kid, but what you got between your eighth and 10th Couldn't birthday, you, you probably have no nope. clue what you got and you probably still don't right. have it. That's, that's interesting. That's, that's a good topic yeah. to bring up. Good so, deal, man. You got anything else or we're cool. we going to end it there? No, I think we're going to cut it short okay. today. Just get back in the swing of things. And I kind of like this format. If we both just bring like two stories, we'll just kind of ping pong back and forth. Yeah, sounds great on that. But, but we'll, um, yeah, we'll catch back up, you know, next week and heck doing it like this, we can probably even do more than one a week. We're going to commit to one a week, yeah. no matter where we're at in the world. I go to Texas next week. But that's not till Wednesday, so we can definitely get one out on Tuesday, and then who knows? Who knows where we go from there? But anyway, sounds good. Anything else to add? That's it, Rusty. That's it from me. All right, let's not get in any submersibles or confined spaces, Negative. and uh, not going to do nope. it, man. But again, that's a kind of a crazy thing. I can get back to to normal stuff because I seriously I couldn't take my eyes off of that. It was just so yeah. crazy to think about that, and it was like. Gosh, that's crazy. Until next time, I ask everybody, if you want to follow us, do it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. That is where the audio is. They will alert you automatically. We may not have time to send out emails all the time. But anyway, once we get it up there and do it, we'll make it happen. So until next time, have a good week. We'll talk to you soon.